Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of Reliving the Extreme. Nate Maxson here with you. Just wanted to give you a little update as we start the show. You may notice some audio uh, snafus in this week's show. Every host was dealing with something this week. Um, I myself have moved to a new house and the new studio does not have any um, background things around it at all. So... I sound like I'm broadcasting from the middle of an auditorium, which that will change. Chad had some internet issues, so if you notice some uh, weird edits in the middle of the show, that's why. Because we had to take out some of that. And Aaron decided to do some of the show at the end on his deck. And apparently every cricket in Ohio was in his yard. So you'll hear that in the background too. But anyway, regardless of the issues that we had to overcome this week... Still a great show. Lots of fun, lots of conversation. And as a matter of fact, the audio issues and internet issues aside, I think this is one of the better editions of Reliving the Extreme. So please do join us as we are talking about the episode of ECW from March 1st, 1994. Here you go. Reliving the Extreme. Episode 45. Let's do this. This week on Reliving the Extreme, we are reviewing the episode of ECW from March the 1st, 1994. Sorry I chuckled there, folks, but, well, there's not a lot of, of ham on this ham bone. We'll get to that later on, too. Nate Maxson here with you along with my brother Aaron. Hello. And ECW's Chad Austin, of course. Hi. I'm back. <laughs> and we're back on our normal schedule again this week now that I'm moved and... It's a good thing Chad's able to to come in remotely from his uh, Lee Marshall style uh, road report um, from the hotel. About one uh, collect. <laughs> it's a little bit of weasel soup here in Baltimore. This is, oh, this is we, incredulous. I've been, we've been here. Tuesday was two weeks. Jesus. Yeah, and they're, they're not going to be able to move us in until Monday. So Jess gave up. Miss Jess gave up, and she went back to the house. She's sitting on the floor. And I, I sent you a picture of the living room, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's sitting on that beanbag with the little back support, watching Big Brother. <laughs> and I just said, I can't I can't do this. And she's like, so where are you going, back to the hotel? And I said, yeah, I can't, I can't stay here. I mean, where am I going to sit? <laughs> it's, I'm gonna it's, the stove. The, I was, was going to say, sitting Indian style doesn't work very long. Yeah, not for somebody <laughs> with bad knees to begin with. Well, this week on the show, like I said, we're going to review March first, nineteen ninety four, episode of ECW. I also have some listener feedback that I'm going to share with everybody, and thank you all as our listenership has risen. And the last I checked, I told the guys we are out of all the myriad of. Probably half of them really shitty wrestling podcasts that you can download on Apple. We are 134th, which doesn't sound amazing, but it really is because there are so many wrestling podcasts out there. So thank you all for listening to the show and helping us grow. Wasn't it like 900 shows? Yeah, there's something like nine, not between 900 and 1,000 wrestling podcasts. It's even better. Yeah, so... Why don't you say 925,000? <laughs> we'll just make a number up. <laughs> Why not? We're but still thank 134. You. <laughs> thank you all again for your support. We appreciate it. And before we get to the show, um, Chad, I had a gentleman named Greg email me, and he had a question for you, and I don't know if you want to answer it or not, but since I got a question, I'm going to ask it. He says... Chad, this is a question for Chad Austin. Is Ian Rotten as big a piece of shit as people make him out to be? Well, yes and no. <laughs> as a as a friend and a person that I knew, like, coming into the business, I like Ian. Mm-hmm. But I would never work for him. Okay. That, that, would, that would never happen. Um... I, I don't know like how he pays people out, but I can just tell by his houses that he would never be able to pay me, and I wouldn't want to affect my friendship with him, you know, right? Based upon a payoff for me going through his stupid little, I don't know, show. 
And then, um, first off, I'm not going to do any of that dumb shit. You mm-hmm. know, knowing that I'm not going to get paid. Half the guys know they're not going to get paid. I'm sure. Right. What are you, you going to get paid? What can you get paid? And um, But as far as a person, I've known John for 25, almost 30 years. And except for one incident when I was breaking in that he took liberties at me at, mm-hmm. at the wrestling school and he beat the shit out of me and I told him I was here, I was here to learn. I wasn't here to be a punching bag. Right. And I just kind of like walked out of the ring being like, dude, what the hell is your deal? You know, like, what did I do? I'm, I'm, I'm here to learn how to work. I'm not here to learn how to just fucking get my ass whooped. But yeah, um, as a booker, I could go, I can, you know, I could go either way and I could debate the good and the bad. That death match stuff is not entirely my cup of tea. I don't know about you guys. <clears throat> but I don't mind one one or two matches on a show. Mm-hmm. But yeah. every single but for, match trying to top the other match. Yeah, is, well, it, it is. It's just, it's it's just like any other formula in wrestling. When you have an entire example, you know, when you have an entire pay per view that's all cage matches, or you have an entire pay per view that like five out of the six matches are a hell in a cell match or something like that. You know, it's or it, women's it lo- matches. Yeah. Yeah. It loses, it loses its damn luster and the story, you know? Yeah. And then half the guys aren't in shape. They look terrible. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like sit here and trumpet Jim Cornette and his sentiments, but yeah, they don't look like professional wrestlers. They're just big fat guys that, will take light bulbs to the head and stuff like that. <laughs> That's what it looks like to me, you know? Mm-hmm. But my, I have a friend that absolutely swears by it. He don't watch anything but that network, that independent wrestling network that right. has like the GCW and all that stuff on it. Cause he, he, he gets all of them watching dumb people do dumb shit to themselves. And I just like, well, that's great. Like, you know, like, you know, remember the Matt Cardona, Nick Gage stuff? Mm-hmm. That was fine. Like, because that that, that kind of, like, got mainstream attention. And, it, and it you know, it wasn't that hardcore, but it was hardcore enough, you know? Right. That it, it, like, it, got the whole entire angle over. But some of these guys are just brutal. And I actually think that Matt Cardona's thing he did afterward was really – was. A cool heel move, you know, taking this. He knew he knew the audience that hated his guts, and he knew that how what their reaction was going to be for him as a heel to take that belt to the Disney World or whatever, you know. I mean, I think he did a good job being a heel in that situation with that with that belt. Oh. Yeah, I think that's kudos to um, what's his name, Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, that's that's great. Take the emphasis off. We're just going to fucking kill each other. And, you know, do something else to start it back over again, you know, mm-hmm. like reinvent it, not just like the Matt Cardona is not going to do this shit every single show. No. <laughs> I would I would think not. But, you know, I don't, I don't know. I've never met him. Well, I hope that answers the listener's question. And then I will go through here just real quick, uh, because, like I said, I was digging into the Apple stuff and noticed we had a couple of comments from listeners on there. So I wanted to. Put your comments out there. Uh, first Very of all, well, oh, no, none, none of them. It's not like the one where the guy shit on us. Um, well, this one actually, <laughs> that guy Greg that went, especially went after Aaron. But anyway, <laughs> oh, well, then go, go ahead, please. <laughs> begging you, begging you. One eleven, one eleven. And what didn't Aaron do? Yeah, that's a shorter list. <laughs> 111 hashtag fan via Apple podcast says laugh through the entire episode and always learn something about ECW. Thanks guys. And thank you for listening. And then mom of five, Indiana, if she's a mom of five, I don't know how she has time to listen to the show. That's a lot of work, but she says she loves the show highly entertaining. So thank you. Those of you giving us your feedback and please do send your feedback, either comment on the show or you can send a email to reliving the extreme at gmail.com. And I also see those as well. What does Archie Mitchell say? <laughs> Archie Mitchell says, this is his favorite show. This is his favorite podcast. <laughs> 
I think due to the California fires, I can smell the ham that he's cooking over there. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if it's, him, if it's him bacon in the sun or like it ain't the ice cream truck. It's the goddamn police sirens and fire engines. <laughs> Where the hell do I live? Or where do I stay? Oh, that was that was a while back. I had read that uh, on a show prior. That was months ago. I'd have to go back and find it. I'll try to find it again and refresh oh, so your memory. The, so the guy resent it? No, 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 no. I was just saying that this this feedback this feedback that we got today was much more positive than that douchebag, as Aaron called him. So apropos. All right. Well, ECW March the first, nineteen ninety four. Yes. Oh, boy. And we got a surprise for you coming up at we we wrap up. We're gonna have the uh, the Hambone Award coming up. We'll let Aaron explain that when we get to it. My here here's to sum to sum to sum up the quality of this show, folks. One of my notes is the most interesting thing about this show is Sal Balomo's boots. Yeah, I wrote that. What the fuck is up with Sal's boots? I don't know who those were. <laughs> Did you guys also get the beginning of last week's show at the beginning of this show when you watched it? Yes. Okay, because I, I I exited like two times thinking that I had loaded last week's show twice. And I'm oh, like, all right. Too? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'll just fast forward and see what the fuck. When I started the show, it told me I was already 12 minutes in. Like I've already started <laughs> watching it. And then I'm just going, wait a minute. I've already seen this. And then I just had to like keep going, you know, because I'm going, yeah. All right. Recap. Oh my God. Recap championship wrestling. <laughs> when I, yeah, when I heard Joey say Pat Tanaka against Sabu, I was like, fuck, we just saw this last week. <laughs> well, it turned out, I guess, I don't know if that was, that was a foobar on the original airing or if that's just WWE networks screw up but either way the first like four to five minutes of the show were the beginning of last week's show where the current show picked up was jason in the shower this was stupid well isn't isn't didn't we i well so the recap from public enemy with in todd's office was also a recap right yeah that was that was actually from last last week last week no that was from two weeks ago It wasn't from last week. It was from two weeks ago because that was a recap of the recap from the week before that. (laughs) From October. (laughs) So, I don't know what you guys got, how you watched it, but did you guys get a commercial break right about then? Like, in your streaming of it from the network? No, I don't get commercials from them. Oh, because I wrote, so far, the best thing I've seen so far is Jake from State Farm. He, He, a State Farm commercial came on. I'm just like, please, Jake. Best gimmick like, on the show. <laughs> yeah, whack somebody with a with a with a premium. Do something to save this show. But Jason in the shower, I literally just said it was awful. You know, I just I I don't know what it is about Jason. It's not even like go away heat. It's just I don't give a shit heat. You know, mm-hmm. I could care less heat. His hair wasn't even wet. Like his oh, hair was, was a- poofy and everything. He was making it like he was coming out of the shower, but his hair was still all poofy and. Well, you can't get you can't get transplants. Implants wet. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go into the uh, the club for men and get that taken care of with dry shampoo. I think I don't know. He's like Jason was only washing his balls. Oh, He'll come back later. <laughs> How do you like my balls? <laughs> and we will get into his crappy promo later on. Oh boy! Yeah, that was a, that, we'll get into it. We'll get into it definitely. Um, the uh, then we go to Todd Gordon in his office. Um, he's uh, he's talking about the show on coming up in four days on March the fifth, and then the TV taping on March the sixth. Just running down the card. He shouldn't um, hype anything. Todd Gordon shouldn't hype anything. He's terrible at it. it, it isn't this where he was kind of like sounding like he was going nuts, where he had the high pitched voice and shit? Yeah. <laughs> like, like he started out like being the. Com- whatever, the commissioner of ECW, and he's like, let me tell you something. And I was just like, oh, boy. This is, he's this like, is, he's not, a, this is a Todd Gordon Joe, character. Yeah, let Joey do what you pay him to do, and just Todd <laughs> uh, just needs to not do this. Yeah, he goes, He goes. Uh, people are asking me, why, why don't I stop this? I'm not going to stop this. I'm going to top this. 
Well, that's a good line. <laughs> that should have been Joey saying it, though. Aaron's right. It shouldn't have been Todd Gordon. Yeah, but that that, that still is a good line. Yes. But yeah, I, I agree. It, it shouldn't have been. It, it should have been after Joe after Todd threw a fit. It pitched back to Joey, and Joey says. I don't think Todd. I think I don't think Todd's going to try to stop this. I think he's going to top this. Mm-hmm. That would have had a lot more like ass behind it than Todd just going. I'm going to fucking top this. <laughs> and just going all bananas, and the pins are popping out of this Rocky Dennis mat for where all these baseball cards at from the movie Mask from the L.A. Dodgers in '69. Yeah, that was that. Todd is just. Uh, he was completely nuts and over the top, and you know, I could have done without it. But as as soon as this was over, and I swear to God, I I haven't watched the show since it originally aired. I I literally wrote down, "I smell a video coming." Like perfect time. You just spent what, what did you say nine minutes? Yeah, ten minutes on like recapping shit, and I'm like, oh, it's about time for a video. <laughs> and what do we get? We got a video. We also learned that it was ten dollars to get in the ECW arena in nineteen ninety four. Well, do the math on that. In ECW taping, it was ten bucks because he said if you go to the fifth, the March fifth show and bring your ticket stub to the ECW TV taping, you get in for five bucks. He should have did a deal where if you were vaccinated (laughs) (laughs) from from anything. (laughs) If you've had the polio vaccine, you get in. You get in half off for five dollars. If you bring five canned goods, if you can point to Newark, New Jersey, if you can point to Newark, New Jersey on my map behind me, you get in for five dollars. Yeah, I, I agree. It was over the top and blah blah blah. And I, I, I actually misspelled "good lord." I wrote "good long." <laughs> it was. I, too- I, I, I guess I was just saving ink in my pen by saying "good lord." It's too long, so I just wrote it. But then. Oh boy, what a doozy we got! Speaking of good, good lord, it's too long. Up next, Tommy Dreamer, Sal Balomo, and Tommy Cairo in a six-man tag match against Jimmy Superfly Snook of the Rock and Rebel and the Pitbull. This match just it just kept going and going and going. Anybody else feel that way? <laughs> I could take my eyes off of Sal's boots. Like I was trying to figure them out. I'd say I don't know what those. This were like I've never seen anything like it. It looked like I just had I just had rubber no clogs. idea why this was happening. Like you know what was the purpose? You know was it just to get them guys out there just to fill TV? Because what was the purpose? It didn't serve any. It didn't further any storyline. It didn't um, advance anybody, you know, and their push or anything. And the only thing I got out of it was I'm just glad there was a Mongolian Mauler ref. <laughs> I noticed that too. The, I, I, the, I like I have no idea why there's a Michael Muller reference. The main the main thing about this match, one of the other, there, I have a couple of notes, but like you said, the, the the body of the match, there was no point to it. And as many times as in the ECW shows, you see a clip of something, or you see them come into the last like two and a half minutes of a match, so they can show the angle at the end. I don't know why they didn't choose to do that here. Because the only the only thing of substance that came out of this match was at the end with the with Tommy Dreamer and Jimmy Snuka and Snuka, and, yeah, and Snuka playing kind of you know chicken shit, you know, pretending that his buddies were holding him back from Tommy Dreamer. But well, that yeah, that was the way to go because that's mm-hmm. about my takeaway from it was too was that if you're going to do anything out of this, you you just you kind of just tease Snuka and and Dreamer. And you kind of let it play out that Snooker's just not, like, not afraid, but he's not going to get in the ring when he's ready. Until mm-hmm. until he's ready. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm not ready yet. So Dreamer's getting in there and he's, you know, doing his hands and, like, I'm ready for this, ready for this. And Snooker was like, nah, brother, no TCB now. I tag uh, one of the fucking pips. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just going to stand here. But, see, Snooker didn't have... At that time, Snooker didn't have like the um, the passion, you know. Yeah. Like for the angle, like the angle was already shot where Dreamer kicked out of the splash, right? That was right. already shot. So that was the angle, and then Dream- Snooker just didn't care. It was just like I, I don't, whatever. He kicked out of the well, splash. 
And I, I guess you, I guess you get, I guess in this context, that means we get whatever snooka we get that night. Because when, if you remember when they shot the angle, he actually did seem into it and he sold it well and he did a good job with it. But then he comes to this show or this TV taping or whatever. And like you said, he was just acting like he just didn't even give a fuck. So he kept, he kept pulling up his knee pads that weren't even falling down. Mm-hmm. Like he kept going to the corner or whatever, and then he'd be like, he would lick his fingers and then pull up his knee pad. And like, well, come on, like you know, it's a hot angle. I mean, maybe he had, he maybe Snooker looked at it in a different way than we did. Maybe he thought the slow burn was better than than the tease. Like what tagging Dreamer in and having Snooker do the deal where he like backpedals and falls on his butt in the corner kind of thing. Like I'm not, you know, I don't want this. Right. He didn't seem like he gave a shit, you know, about no. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, okay. <laughs> just get, like he just get dude kicked out of your finish. He's just getting paid for doing as little work as possible. Aaron, your thoughts? I, I do want to discuss the pin. <laughs> um, he did not, like like you guys said, Snuka didn't do anything for Dreamer in this match. He didn't back down from him. He didn't really do anything. Like I said, Sal's boots were ridiculous. Um <laughs> It was it was funny when Sal slammed him. It just fell backwards. Like he just fell backwards and put his hand up for the tag. That was kind of a goofy little bump. But the bigger story, and nobody talks about it, is the is like the big manager union of this match. It brought together. I still the, thought it was Sal Booth. It brought together the managerial talents and masterminds of Hunter Q and Jason. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. You were breaking up. Bye-bye. I said this, All right. So this match brought together the, the managerial minds of Hunter Q and Jason, ringside together. <laughs> oh, boy. That, that's Bobby Heaton, Bobby Heenan and Jimmy Hart in the, in the same place at the same time, I'm sure. It's like one of these guys will rafe, roofie and rape you, the other one will watch. Which one's which? <laughs> we don't know. I, I think they're, they're both debating on who has a, a better value menu, McDonald's or Wendy's. <laughs> Because you know, you know what they're getting paid. So you know, I mean, uh, Jason could probably go to Burger King, and and Hunter is probably going to McDonald's, <laughs> a McDouble with extra pickles. <laughs> how do you how do you like my McDouble? Yes, <laughs> because my breath is so fresh, dude. I, I wrote down that Sal I, when they when when Joey mentioned uh, Sal's boots that I just was like. Oh, I didn't catch him at first, right? I didn't catch mm-hmm. him. I was just, you know, I'm, I'm watching Sal. And I wrote, he's wearing berserker boots. Berserker. Like, not even, like, the berserker, like, Brody boots. He's wearing, like, these are terrible. These are almost, like, fake Uggs. <laughs> they look like big rubber, cro- like, like big rubber clogging shoes. I, I don't... I... Yeah, they were, like, rain shoes that had, like, wool on the inside of them. Like that defeats the whole purpose of having like the the rain the rain boat you know the raincoat material on the boots, but you have fur on the outside of them. And I, and I, I think he I think he wore his house slippers. I think he forgot his boots. I'm, I'm sticking I'm sticking with that. But this this was becoming a mess. Um, this was becoming a mess really fast. Belombo's pin on Rock and Rebel. Well, I mean. Well, my, my takeaway from this was I was just wondering, I'll ask you guys this because you guys probably know a little bit more than me as far as history. Did Sal and Snooka ever work together in the WWE? Like, in Snooka's first run when he brought in Sal? You know, like, oh, I mean, Snooka's probably second run. I'm not going to say no. right? Yeah. I'm not going to huh? say no. I'm not going to say no just because I don't know. I don't, I've never seen Sal versus Snooka. From that time period, but Sal was there. But yeah, Sal's Sal's pin on um, Rock and Rebel was awkward. Like, how long did he have? How long was it? Well, I mean, how long was he on top of the dude? Like, he it was like a seventy-four count. Dude, yeah. When, when Joey Styles yells out in his Joey Styles voice, "The big pizza splash," I just kind of like was like. Oh, Lord. The, uh, we get a, an NWO-style beatdown of Sal Balomo from the heels at the end of this deal. And then Tommy Dreamer makes the save, runs the heels off with the bell, and that puts a ribbon, puts a, puts a ribbon on this segment, this very, very long segment. 
on the show ECW. The match so that big we, pizza splash didn't do the didn't, didn't quite do the job. Just didn't do the job. It didn't. And, and, and surprisingly, as long as he was on top of Rebel, it just didn't do the job. But man, this match was so long and didn't need to be. It, the match in the in the arena probably could have been that long, whatever. But we didn't need to see that much of this match on TV. No, I I totally agree. That match would have been fine as an arena match while they were setting up something next. Mm-hmm. Because weren't we promised Mike Awesome? Well, they keep saying his yeah, they keep saying his name. I don't see Mike Awesome's name on my notes at all. Mm-mm. Unless that was another thing right. they, they No, we were promised Mike Awesome because that was part of the intro they played from last week this week. At the beginning <laughs> of the show, it was the opening segment from last week's show. That should be the name of the show. Welcome to ECW last week this week. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of this week, the week that was again, again. <laughs> Speaking of this week, how about Maddie in the house and Jason? He's still in the house. He is, and Jason is cutting a promo that is all over the place here. Aaron, you're shaking your head. Go ahead. <laughs> it it takes forever and goes nowhere. Like he's stumbling like stumbling over his words. He's supposed to be talking about Mr. Hughes versus Hawk, but he's talking about some match he had with Hawk in like 1992 and WCW or some shit. It's like what the fuck? It's terrible. He can't even he tries to say decapitated, like he stumbles over decapitated. Um <laughs> When Maddie, that, when that, Maddie, that's one of the best with, things that, that, that that's one of the best things about the WWE Network on Peacock because it automatically doesn't let you turn off the closed captioning. And I go, what did he say? I think he said like <laughs> it was like detachable. And I'm going, why is he saying his head is detachable? <laughs> and, and I'm just like, I'm looking at it like literally, dude. Jason is almost becoming unwatchable, like, you know, and I guess because Paul needed time for the show, because you can tell that was something that was taped, like, afterwards, post-production, mm-hmm. like, at the studio, that it's it's becoming unwatchable, and it was just way too long, because oh, I yeah. would love to see what Paul would have liked to use if not have Jason cut that fucking five-minute promo, mm-hmm. you know? I would love to see what what hit the editing room floor at that point. Yeah, he's... Okay, first of all, he's... Like Aaron said, it's just... It's all over the place. He's bringing up something from WCW from Hawk clotheslining him or whatever. And then... The promo becomes less about the match between Hawk and Mr. Hughes and more about Jason and Hawk. (laughs) Yeah, I was just saying... Anything else on this Jason debacle before we move on to the next debacle? No. <laughs> well, I can't wait till we start talking about the hand bones. I think I might have a front runner. Good thing I wasn't on the show. <laughs> well, now we get a um, a video, a recap video of at some point Bad Breed attacking Sabu. Which leads to talk about a debacle. Sabu and nine one one against the bad breed. That's Ian two other and guys. Axel Rotten. We, we we can't do two hand bones. Is a, <laughs> is a tag team is a tag team worthy of being a hand bone? It's just a really big hand bone. <laughs> it's one big fat hand bone. <laughs> the this match is um I mean the only good thing about this match, to be honest, is Sabu. I mean, there is a cool moonsault to the outside. Yeah, well, that too. But it, it, there is a cool moonsault to the outside. On I think it's Ian, and then nine one one literally just nine one Axel the entire time. Yeah, it's just literally just a bear hug on Axel the entire time. Hundred um, percent, that was Axel. Right, because because Ian Ian didn't give a shit about taking the bumps and taking the the beatings. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't give a shit about that. Like Ian or Axel knew his job. Axel was the backbone of that team. He was a hundred percent the smarter guy of that of that duo. And he decided, hey, look, I'll work with fucking Al 
and then you take all that shit from from Boo, you know? Right. And yeah, it, it was. I mean, it was what it was. It was kind of sloppy, but yeah, you got to see the um, what was it for the first time that that uh, Asai thing or? That's the first time he hit it on somebody. We did see it last week, but he went through the table when Pat Tanaka moved. <laughs> but that, that was the. This is the first time we've actually seen him connect with somebody on it. Yeah. All right, and then and then of, of course I believe it was it was I can't I think it was Axel at some point like something something kills me and it happened it happened to Samoa Joe on NXT the other day. Karrion Cross had him in that crossface gimmick, the sleeper hold. Mm-hmm. And all he was caring about was pulling his trunks up. Yeah. Like, because his trunks are falling down. And then at one point, I think you see Axel or Ian pull his shirt down. Like, it's covered. My belly's exposed. And I'm like, who gives a fuck? You just got, like, landed on by a 230-pound guy who just propelled himself. Yeah, this is supposed to be a fucking fight. <laughs> yeah, who gives a shit if your big belly's hanging out? It was, a, it was amazing because I, I, I like I like Axel. I like Axel a lot. Or I like I loved Axel, and Ian Ian was okay for his role, but I'm not quite sure that Ian kind of knew his role. Like he wasn't smart enough to deal with Paul's like um, I guess politics mm-hmm. or how he booked things. Axel was like he saw through it. That's why he's like I ain't doing that. I'll stay in the corner with nine one one, and you can bear hug the shit out of me. You know? <laughs> and it goes back to like the, the, it goes back to when we get later on that um when we get further in the show that you, you'll see how the reason why Paulie kept nine one one to a limited capacity because he couldn't do anything. No, well, and bear it also that. yeah, that's all he did for four and a half minutes. Ian also did a terrible plancha. I think it was a plancha or whatever you want to call it on on off of the a ring apron during this match too. Who nine one one did? No, no, Ian did. Oh, Ian okay. did. He right, just like, he just kind of nine one one thinks plancha is a is a Mexican dish. He doesn't have any fucking idea what that is. <laughs> I totally uh, agree with that one. Nine one one gets a double choke. He, he double chokes the uh, the bad breed, gets a disqualification on this. And the whole match, the whole purpose of the match is to get the replay of the moonsault, obviously. Because that's what they show about two or three times after the match. It's a showcase for Sabu. What else were they going to say? Are we going to replay the bear hug? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry. We're going to see it for the next two weeks. <laughs> it's going to be like everywhere, you know. And Joey Styles yelling, "He almost, he barely missed the guardrail <laughs> this week, which last he, week." <laughs> which he literally did. He almost hit that guardrail. Mm-hmm. Like Sabu, as much as I like him, man, he is so. I, I don't want to say the word careless or reckless. I, I'm not sure he understands like what he's like capable of doing. You know, I probably mentioned it on the show before. That you know, he, he doesn't, is he doesn't understand say, that he's not Rey Mysterio. Is, is, that, that, is it fair? Is it fair to say the gist of it is Sabu is all about Sabu? Like he's just, you know what I mean? Like he's just all about getting his shit over and not really worried about anybody else's shit. I mean, at this point, uh, yeah, I would say so because that was him. I would say that was him kind of making his mark in the United States, mm-hmm. like because you know he's been fresh in the United States. Nobody's really seen him except for a few indie shows, but now that he's on a on a bigger platform and a and a and a savvy fan base that's rabid, that you know, he's gonna get his shit in and he wants to highlight. Right. Highlight. And he hit he had all his moves and god damn it, but who who did he kill with the Arabian leg press gimmick for the finish? Did, uh. didn't he win with the Arabian leg press? No. Well, no, I don't think this match because this match ended by, by disqualification because nine one one was uh, choking the bad breed both at the same time and wouldn't wouldn't let the choke go. So he would he wouldn't release the chokehold at the ten count or five count right. or whatever. Yeah, in Philadelphia. <laughs> in Philadelphia, yeah. We have we, we have we have easy booking. We have rules when it's convenient, right? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it, it it it's so easy in ECW to have any match. 
that has a non-finish. You don't even have to say it's um, a DQ or anything like that. It's just that it's gotten out of hand. Yeah. Just say that. And end of the day, don't say, oh, it was a double count out. Come on. <laughs> There's guys that are still brawling outside. The Taz is still brawling outside. The, or, and, and Kevin Sullivan herself is still fighting with Public Enemy and Pat Tanaka at the ECW. Yeah, the match never fucking ended to begin with. <laughs> it's, still, yeah. it's still legally going on right now. <laughs> So yeah, so, I mean, you know, just just to even say that it was a disqualification is is lazy booking, because I guess they didn't want to put any heat on anybody doing the job. So any any, just, any idea why they slapped a mask on the second handler? On the second who? The Sabu's second handler, the other guy that's with nine one one. This week he had a black mask on. Any idea why they did that? He didn't last week. I don't even know who that guy was. I never saw okay. him in the locker room. I never did. I don't. I've never met him. I don't know who he was. Remember when they brought me out on the on the gurney? Yeah. Like he was one of the guys that brought me out, right? Yeah. <laughs> like one of the big jacked up muscle guys. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it was just something to add to the mystique, like to um, you know, I, I, I'm assuming because the guy didn't stick around long. And I, I don't even know if he was a worker. Okay. Yeah, I was just I, I saw that and I wondered. I was like, is there a reason for this? Is there? But maybe it's somebody that the the audience would have recognized. Otherwise, I don't know. But anyway, um, they run down the card for March fifth, the Revenge of Funk, with Terry Funk and Shane Douglas in the main event for the ECW title, and then we get a Shane Douglas and Sherry promo followed by a video recapping the oh. rivalry between Terry Funk. And Shane Douglas. Anything on this? I mean, it's a recap of a recap. We know. Well, I mean, I, I, I bet you Aaron felt the same way as I did, is that it's a typical Shane promo, and then you just knew as well as anybody did that there was a video to follow. <laughs> uh, wasn't there? I mean, yeah. I, that's what I wrote down. It was way before they even showed the video. I just knew they were going to show a video. And a Sherry was brilliant, as always. She's always, a, a, you know. Mm-hmm. And Shane, Shane kind of gets on my nerves. <laughs> like, he doesn't he doesn't leave well enough alone when it, when it comes to being, like, the pompous kind of guy. He just kind of, like, just keeps going. And they're like, all right, all right, all right, Shane. You're <laughs> awesome. And <laughs> we get it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Nice, nice windbreaker. <laughs> Yeah, we get it. <laughs> Aaron, anything on this before we roll on? Uh, it was what it was. I mean, it, it got Shane on the show, and it showed what was going into Funk's revenge. Um, for the love of God, I wish Shane Douglas would like bend his hat. Like every time he wears a hat, like the bill is just straight, and it's like oh, somebody just gave it to him. <laughs> And it, he never it had He's supposed to be this like badass guy that's talking all this shit about how great he is, and he looks like a fucking moron with his hat straight. Like what the hell, man? He looks like he should be on BET because he still has the label on it. <laughs> boo! That's what I say. Boo! I I wrote down here that the next match, our, our quote unquote, I guess, main event for the show. I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was a good brawl. It's Kevin Sullivan and Taz against the Bruise Brothers. The Blue Denim Bruise Brothers. The Bruise Brothers. It was it was crazy. Woman looked really good. I think. <laughs> As always. Yes. Woman? Yeah, she looked Oh really yeah. Good. Oh yeah. I mean, that was one of the first things that I wrote about the show to begin with. It was just like, how about woman? Yeah. <laughs> like after the open. Man, she's looking better than ever. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that that brawl, yeah, that was probably the best thing on the show was the, was the brawl because they did, and and they also got a chance to um, they also got a chance to, to promo them the ECW Arena show because what it was, that was also a non finish, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was a non finish. It wasn't a double count out. Wasn't a double disqualification. Right? As as I was watching the match, um, I I found myself agreeing with a statement that you've made the past few weeks, Chad. Is man, why did they those guys, the Bruise Brothers, not last in ECW? Because they were they were made to be in ECW, just made to be totally. In ECW. Yeah, I mean they they could have been. I mean, 
like Uber Uber had they stuck around past this bad era. Yeah, I mean, imagine just imagine them in the mix with the gangsters and the eliminators and and uh, the pit bulls and I mean that could have been some badass stuff. Yeah, the pit bulls would have been, in my opinion, would have been their um, they would have been their gateway. Mm-hmm. You, do the, you, do, you do the pit bulls and then you beat Anthony number two. You beat Anthony and then everybody would be in shock. Oh my god! You put Anthony down. You know, and then yeah. I would move on to uh, who else did you say there was? Public Enemy and who else? Oh, um, the, eliminators. the Eliminators. Yeah. Well, the Eliminators came much later, so mm-hmm. you could have um, you could have drug out the Bruce Brothers and Public Enemy for a couple of months, and I, I mean that that would have took us into well into '95, but we're we're still in early '94, yeah. so they could have drugged that out until whatever. But you could you could also bad breed in there, just like you know, just mm-hmm. to kill time, you know. Well, imagine the Bruce Brothers versus the Gangsters. I know that's what I'm saying. That would have been that would have been their crowning jewel after they got established by beating un- other established teams. Then people would have taken them credible. But my guess is as good as yours as to why it did. Well, our guesses are all the same as to why it didn't last. <laughs> Called in what Nazis on this show. <laughs> Yeah, you noticed they didn't have the um, they didn't have the tape on their arms yet. Yeah, I saw it and I was like, "Wow, Paul didn't make them put the tape on their arms yet." So maybe he didn't notice the tattoos. But it's coming because I I was there and I remember I remember him saying that we get that public- was probably the best. That was probably the best match, except for it was another one of them. I mean, lazy booking finishes. Yeah, you got a and double pin. From each team. Yeah, a double pin. They. Uh, the, if you could, you could hear in the background the ring announcer announcing the Bruise Brothers as the new tag champs, but I don't think the title change is ever actually acknowledged. Um, and then Public Enemy comes out and steals the tag titles while the Bruise Brothers and Sullivan and Taz are brawling. And then uh, Jay Sully's in the back with Public Enemy, looking like he's in a hostage video. Um, <laughs> and and uh, you know they they do they do a Public Enemy promo. Aaron, uh, it was. This whole thing is just kind of a – it was like, man, these three teams, I was kind of enjoying it. But this was kind of a clusterfuck, in my opinion, and didn't really didn't really do much for me. Well, I mean, my, my whole thing was, um, why did was – it, was, it was it Jim Molyneux or John Finnegan that counted the uh, three count? Molyneux. Like, but why did he count the double three count on both <laughs> Like, you know, you, you should have been like, well, maybe I'm confused on who the legal man is. But, you know, why am I going to count, like, one, two, three on both pins, but then I'm just going to flip a coin and pick whoever I thought. Right. Was, uh, yeah. And that, yes, exactly. In that situation, you would want Molyneux to be on one side of two guys and then Finnegan to be on the other side of two guys and both referees doing a three count. If that's the finish you want to do, it would make more sense for two referees to count two counts than one referee to be in the middle of two counts going, okay, either way. (laughs) Well, you know what? You could have even done it this way. You could have even had both guys pinning the other guy and you could have had the referee count the three count but have another referee come out and say, Hey, you missed it. Mm-hmm. The other guy had him pinned for the exact same time that he had him pinned, and 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 you know, Molino could be like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah," you know, and then like show it to him, like show the replay, take him, you know, take him back to a bullshit monitor, right? You're like, see, look, and he's like, "Oh my god, I missed that." Yeah, take him back so, to the bull, take him back to a bullshit monitor in front of that bullshit dressing room, right? <laughs> and just make it happen. <laughs> Oh, we haven't we haven't had that um that Hawaiian theme yet. That, with the, with the, the, uh, the, the the palm trees and stuff. Yeah, that's the worst. I, I know exactly when that era started because it was something that was just sitting in the locker room back in the in the day. And yeah, but yeah, you know what I'm saying. They yeah. could have done it two or three different ways. Well, overall, guys, I graded this show a dud. Probably the only thing I really liked on it again was the Sullivan. And uh, Bruce Brothers match, so I don't have I don't have a lot on a grade on it because I just re- I graded it a dud. D U D is what I wrote. Aaron, 
Uh, I didn't even give it that. I just didn't even, like, write a rating down. I was just like, this thing ended with three three teams yelling at each other in a locker room. Like, that, like why not end with the brawl? At least that was somewhat exciting. But now you're just going to argue. You're going to, like, these three guys, these three teams converge, and they don't even fight. They don't keep fighting. Like, they just had this big fucking brawl, and now they're right. just going to keep talking. They're just going to talk to each other. Yeah, and public enemy, and public enemy stealing the belts like they did. It was so, it was so chicken shit. But at the same time, I was kind of like, all right, that's kind of cool. But yeah, and and, and and stealing the belts was cool. But it's like, okay, now we stole these belts. But once we get to the locker room, we'll walk five feet and oh, well, let's stop and talk to, to Jay Sully. Like, why wouldn't they just bolt? You know what I mean? Like, like we just created or we just committed like grand larceny but we'll just go ahead and stop and talk to sully real quick and these guys need to dial up the these guys need to dial up the dial up the repo man and figure out ask him for some pointers worst criminals ever the public (laughs) yeah i mean i don't understand why when they stole the belts johnny didn't take them home and put his belt on the mantle on top of the big screen tv that he stole (laughs) that that ted petty seems to be eluding a lot like every time these guys break, every time they break in somewhere, they one bring a camera with them, and then two stand around and talk for five minutes about what they're gonna steal. Uh, yeah, could you imagine if they were thieves nowadays, where there's cameras everywhere? They're like a James Bond villain. They tell <laughs> they tell you their whole plan, and then that way you can foil it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's bad enough that they're working for a, a semi national. Um, promotion with with cable viewing that has cameras following them, and they're in Todd Gordon's office, and they're stealing contracts and they're stealing belts where the cameras are on them. Just imagine a modern day version where if they stole candy from a rural farms, there's cameras everywhere. Oh, Rocco, <laughs> you stole that candy necklace. <laughs> They're going to get us in trouble again. Johnny. Well, folks, they're the the worst thieves. Like, at least Repo Man wore a mask. Like, (laughs) nobody will know. Nobody will know I'm Demolition Smash. (laughs) All right. So, to, to end the show this week, everybody, Aaron and Chad, the real geniuses of this show, came up with an idea. Every single week, we're gonna go ahead, Aaron. You explain it to the listeners. Well, every single week, um, one of us will select the ham bone of the show, and they <laughs> will get the ham bone award. And um, we'll just alternate it each week. So this week I'm picking. Next week Chad will pick. Then Nate will pick. And then we'll just keep going that way. And I'll write them all down. And then about every six months we'll have the ham bone Hall of Fame, and I'll pick like four people from the list. And we'll, we'll put them in the Hall of Fame. And somebody can get somebody can get the hand bone two, three weeks in a row, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be well, one of the criteria for entrance into the Hall of Fame. It's like this. Yeah, that would be a hand ballot hand boner. Hand boner. <laughs> this hand boner's been in the. He's got fifteen awards under his belt. He's got to go I, in. I'm just glad that you didn't choose me to pick the hand bone of the week because there wasn't a whole. I mean, what was I going to pick? Something that they, we, they recap, you know? There wasn't, like, I, I what, who am I going to pick? The Bruce Brothers, Taz and Sullivan, or, well, anybody in that six-man will probably suffice. But, uh, but you know, it wasn't like there was a whole bunch of, like, new matches and new talent for anybody to really see to, like, pick a hand bone from. So, this is you, Aaron? You're picking the hand bone? Yep. And... and- and then you say we're going to create a Hambone Hall of Fame? And yes, yes. <laughs> Good lord! Do we have a state yet? Do we have a have, have we have we broke ground on on this site? <laughs> <laughs> it's waterlogged Iowa. <laughs> that none of us are going to go to. It's an old McDonald's that closed up. <laughs> We're just going to go in there and put pictures up of uh, Sal Balomo. If, if we need to, if we need to expand, there's an old Hills Department store next door that used to be open. We can go in there. Oh, Aaron, I'm, I'm, 
I'm very curious as to see like how this hand bone of the week goes. Eventually, if we get like the hand bone Hall of Fame going, we can start pay like two guys to drive around and try to find relics of these hand bones and like the hand bone, like like the WWE hey. treasure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hand bone treasures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like those hand bone hunters. I'm gonna drive to Sal's house and find the boots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See how much you can get them for. <laughs> oh, please. I, I probably can always find them at a Goodwill. <laughs> worst, boots, worst boots I've ever seen. This week, we're on the road with Jason Knight. Yes. <laughs> looking, for, looking for his oh, jacket. Which is great, because guess who the ham bone of the week is? How do Jason you like Knight. my ham bone? J- Jason Knight is ha- the first inaugural ham bone of the week. Oh, he's the second. Oh, I'm Jason sorry. Was the inaugural. Yeah, we didn't discuss that in the during the actual show yet, though. Oh, well, I made that decision. Uh, <laughs> Jay Sully was automatically in the. Jay handbone. Sully automatically in. He's the 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 grand puma of ham bones, so he goes in, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Um, he's the only person in there right now, but the first official broadcast ham bone award winner is Jason. Is that because he takes a shower with a cameraman watching him? <laughs> that, that, that fucking do with it? <laughs> or he just like, talks too much. Like, when you're the worst thing of this show, you deserve the award more than anybody else. <laughs> and that's what Jason gets. It, it, it's, a good, it's a good thing that I wasn't on this show. Because <laughs> I, I was completely eliminated. And it's a good thing Pat Tanaka wasn't on the show. But wasn't Rebel on it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's a there's a competitor. There's like there's some competition. <laughs> Nipping at the heels. Yeah, he's right there. He's, he's <laughs> the hand bone of the week. Because don't get me wrong, he will eventually be inducted into the hand bone Hall of Fame. <laughs> so we're going with Jason. Yes. Well, Jason Light, my friend. We all know what happened to you and the WWE. Like he explained in his, what, 27-minute-long monologue <laughs> about how he was treated in the WWE. I, I know the six-man tag was longer than the promo, but the promo felt longer than the six-man tag. <laughs> Dude, it was, it was excruciating. Like, I, I, I literally was, like, I literally went to the house because I had to go to the house to watch the guy do the work that he was doing because he fucked everything all up. And I put it on, I'm watching it going... When is this dude going to shut the fuck up? You know, he's just talking. And I, I know. I mean, we both, we all three know the reason why he was talking. Because Paul had that much time to fill. Mm-hmm. But uh, you couldn't find anything else to do with that time other than Jason just putting himself. But Jason seemed like, in my opinion, he started to kind of more or less find himself as a character. Because he really started to show a little bit more emotion mm-hmm. and like conviction in his character. You know what I mean? Right, like he, he kind of like he, he defined it a whole lot more because he was literally talking about I don't care if you don't like my suit, I don't care if you don't like my my hair or all that nonsense. But then, but then he goes like you're gonna like my rough neck. <laughs> like you got a you got a rough neck. <laughs> you need to find a better razor. How about yeah, the Dollar Shave Club, pal? They got cream for that. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right, gents, anything before we sign off here? Anything else? We got uh, Jay Sully and Jason in the in the hand bone there. Well, Jason gets hand bone of the week. Jay Sully's automatically in the Hall of Fame, as Aaron said. Any parting words for the listeners, guys? Well, I, I think I think Aaron pretty much summed it up by saying you gave it a what? A nothing. A nothing. All right, because that's probably better than I would have given it. And, and I was just like, well, if Aaron gave it a nothing... And Nate, you're not even going to respond to it. Yeah, I gave it a dud. A dud. Okay, you gave it a dud. Yeah. So basically, you, you know, if I haven't given a show but one show a rating at all, it's definitely not going to be this show. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because if it wasn't for Jason being the hand bone of the week, it would have been Ian Rotten for pulling his shirt down after he just got like <laughs> m- moonsaulted on. <laughs> He was more concerned about his belly showing on on TV than uh, selling the uh, thing. But, but parting words, 
Yeah, it was it was not a good show. And remember a couple weeks ago, Nate, when we were talking about how we were we thought they were taking a step in the right direction. Yes. Well, they fucking stopped. They just keep doing this. They keep it's the the. It, it, do you feel like I feel that on this show? Like I'll feel like okay, two weeks we got this good shit, good shit, and then we fall. It's like it's like they get to the end of what they have recorded from the taping, and it's just the the stuff that should just be left on the cutting room floor winds up on the show. <laughs> well, I think I think based upon Todd's promo about the March fifth whatever, was it March 5th and March 6th, the tape? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of shit happens on that show. Well, he did mention, and I think you've made mention of it, you've, you've mentioned a show, a TV taping in Valley Forge before, right? Yes, yes. Well, he did mention that that March 6th taping is in Valley Forge. Yes, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I remember it, but I'm not exactly 100% sure that I even have that, but I remember it because that was the only time that Paul ever had a buck, mm-hmm. like, for the talent. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that, that was a long drive from the arena to Valley Forge, you know. That was probably another uh, hour, hour and a half, two-hour drive from South Philly, so he rented a bus and... And everything, and and then we had a show on that Sunday too, in Delaware, because I believe that's when I worked with Road Warrior Hawk. Okay, but yeah, the Valley Forge thing—that that was a whole a whole entire disaster. So if, if they start showing some of that stuff, then I can't wait to tell you some of the backstory on this fucking disaster. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> it. It wasn't that that place was not built. <clears throat> for a wrestling event. I, I can tell you that right now. It was like the Grand Ole Opry. You know? <laughs> there was like a stage like in the middle it was in the middle of the place and there was a ring and there, everybody was out there like in the amphitheater. So it was just like if you're gonna if you're gonna play to the crowd, you gotta play to one side, basically. Because yeah. there wasn't yeah. a, it wasn't a four sided crowd. Right. And, <laughs> and I, I could almost be willing to bet that Paul got a great deal, like on that venue, because that wasn't mm-hmm. going to be a cheap venue, right? Right. Now, I mean, because you know, because Kane and Tucker played there, George Jones played there in the six, you know. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big venue. <laughs> Premium real estate. Yeah, and then have uh Oh yeah, I, I can't wait to get into this, but yeah, this, this show was not a great, a great indica- indication of the direction that ECW was kind of headed. I, I, I just don't think so. I think it was just kind of like, we need to put a show out there. Much mm-hmm. like this show. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get something done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know how I'm a stickler for sticking to, like, we got to get a show out every single week. And I don't give a shit if I got to do it while I'm driving. We're going to do a show every week and we can't let our, we can't let our listener down. Yes, we can't let our listener down. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're what's Archie going to do for Greg? I mean, Archie's going to be going crazy if you don't hear a new a new show from us. Yeah. Our we're listeners, gonna... our listeners are Greg, Mama Five, and Archie Mitchell. We well, appreciate I'm, all three I'm, of you. I'm appreciative to anybody that listens to this. I've told everybody that likes ECW. To spread the word, check it out, and I don't know if, if, if it's reflected on anything or not, but people have told me that yeah, they they've listened, they checked it out, but I, I swear I think that we're they're waiting for mid ninety five, you know, mm-hmm. going into ninety six. I think they're waiting for that, like before they really, you know, I I would say probably once the eliminators probably come in or, or, you, or the gangsters whoever came first. If you're waiting for that time frame an ECW to listen to the show, don't do that. Go back and listen to the uh, earlier episodes. Listen to the whole thing, because as shitty as the product is that we're watching, our show's really funny. So there yeah. you go. That's, that's suffer what you with should us. So, yeah, suffer with us. Let's all suffer together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, if I gotta do it... <laughs> and it's free. We do it We do it for free. For you, the listeners. Yeah, I, but, I feel like Aaron should have nominated me for being the hand bone of the week for having to watch this nonsense. <laughs> that being said, I want to thank my co-host for joining me once again this week on Reliving the Extreme. 
And we will see you next week, everybody. Have a great week. Adios.